Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm your host, Bill DeFilippo, and tonight I don't have a co-host. Once again, we are going behind enemy lines to learn about Penn State's opponent this week, and we got a really special one for you. I sat down and spoke to Ryan Fannin, the radio voice of Villanova football and basketball. Uh, Ryan and I took some time to chat about the Wildcats this season. They're a really, really good football team, uh, really good at the FCS level, and both of us expect they're going to come in and throw some punches uh, this week in Happy Valley. Uh, recording this now to let you know that we did this a little bit differently. We did this over the phone instead of how we usually record podcasts. So the audio is just a little bit different, but I hope that does not take away from the conversation. Not going to do the big sign off at the end. So hope you all enjoy this episode. Hope you do everything uh, we normally ask. Read the site, support the site, subscribe to the pod, all those sorts of things. And yeah, thank you to Ryan one more time for joining and thank you all of you for listening to this edition of the pod. Hey everyone, it's Bill. Uh, have a special guest with me today. It is Ryan Fannin who called Villanova basketball and football. Uh, Ryan, what's going on, man? Great to be with you. Can't believe uh, it's game week and Villanova Penn State. I've called uh, a few Villanova Penn State basketball games, but never a Villanova Penn State football game. And, uh, really an opportunity of a lifetime for Villanova to have the chance to go to Beaver Stadium and to play in front of over 100,000 fans. And uh, it's just an incredible thing. I can't even compare. Uh, I've been doing Villanova football 29 seasons. And when we played for the national championship and won it, that was the anticipation for that was incredible. And uh, I've got to say that the anticipation for this and last 29 years I've been calling games is is only to the night I got to call to play for a national championship. Uh, if I may ask, who, uh, who won those basketball games? Well, I've gotten a chance, luckily enough, to call three national championships games, two for <laughs> Villanova Hoops and one for Villanova football in 09 when we beat Montana uh, 23-21. And, uh, of course, Jenkins hit the buzzer to beat the Tar Heels in 16. And then uh, – we just played an incredible game and really uh, beat Michigan handily in San Antonio in 18 to win the title in hoops. So uh, I, I like my chances when I get to those title games, Bill. Three and oh, I, I meant the uh, Villanova-Penn State basketball games, which I'm sure were competitive, and uh, Penn State put up quite the fight and then maybe kept it within that yeah, 20. Yeah, I actually uh, – <laughs> I, we actually lost to Penn State in a game oh. I called – um, at Penn State, and uh, and uh, I remember it was an impressive win by Penn State. I'll have to look back at my uh, stats on that one. I think it was uh, either the 99 or the 2000 season when we played up there. Um, oh, okay. I'll have to check my notes this week on that one. I've been so locked in on the Nittany Lions gridiron. Well, yes, we could uh, sit here and talk basketball all day, especially that uh, second Villanova championship team, which I, you know, I – with my nine to five in basketball, it's uh, I see a lot of those guys a whole heck of a lot. But we're here to talk about Villanova football. We're going to talk about them a little bit broadly, uh, just the Villanova football program before diving into this game, Ryan. And the first question that I want to ask is that you know they're a consistently very very good FCS team. Uh, they recently. Well, not recently, back in 2017, promoted uh, Mark Ferrante to head coach. couple of rough years there, but it seems like 
this Villanova program other, under Ferrante is starting to head in the right direction. You know, I, I've been fortunate enough to know Coach Ferrante for a long time. And, uh, you know, he's been over 30 years at Villanova, uh, close to 35 between being former offensive line coach and then taking over as the head coach in 2017 for the legend of uh, Andy Talley, who retired after an incredible 32 years as the head coach. And, uh, you know, Mark was ready for the job. Um, and he just caught an incredible amount of bad luck in his first two years. Back-to-back uh, -back five and six seasons that could have easily been six, seven, eight-win seasons, just decimated by injury. Um, and then really turned things around, got some good breaks, and uh, went to the playoffs in 2019 and won nine games. And it was an impressive season. And then, of course, well, the Big Ten was figuring out last year if they could have a season and jumped in in October. Of course, the FCS didn't get going until the spring. So uh, no fall football in 2020 for the Wildcats. But uh, after a 2-2 two and two spring season and not making the playoffs, um, it's been a great start to this year, 3-0. and uh, And that included our exhilarating uh, come-from-behind win against Richmond. But I, I feel really good about where we are uh Coach Brani, like I said, he's a veteran of the program. He knows Villanova inside and out. He's had really good recruiting classes several years in a row. And uh, the program seems positioned to be on a, a really good run, uh, hopefully not only this year, but for years to come under his leadership. Yeah, and as I was looking into this team a little bit, I saw, like you mentioned, when two and two in the spring in their spring season last year finished the year, uh, eight ranked. 18th in the coaches poll and 16th in the AP poll. Uh, considering how short that last season was and considering the fact that, you know, I just think inherently it, with, with the way the season functioned last year, a lot of eyes across SCS were on the 2021 season. What were the expectations? What were the vibes? What were all those things like around the team? as they were leading up into this year and once this year kicked off? I think there was just a commitment across the board for everybody that was so excited about the veteran team that we were going to have in the fall of 2020 to be able to come back and have a full fall college season in 2021. So a combination of fifth and sixth year players were extremely veteran, mature team that, from the spring when we went two and two, the first couple games, we were playing a lot of different rotation guys. Um, and by the time we got to the main game, the third game, we really weren't playing as many guys and everything clicked. And we just played an unbelievable game against Maine. And then it, after that, our longtime rival, Delaware, who ended up going to the semifinals of the FCS playoffs, um, last spring, lost to them in a, in a tough, hard-fought seven-point game. Um, so I think overall the spring could have easily been three and one, and we could have been a playoff team and made a run, but we just had a tough overtime loss at home to Rhode Island that really, I think, cost us the playoffs. Even if we had uh, lost to Delaware, I still think we could have gotten in at three and one. Um, pretty good chance of that. So overall, 
I just think everybody was really setting the stage for 2020, but because of COVID, everybody's back, and uh, we really have a chance, I think, to have a special season, and I think it showed in the way we were so resilient in the Richmond game, down two touchdowns, you know, just about five and a half minutes to go, and then boom, 5.01 to go, we score. We score again, and then we score again with under a minute to go, and we scored 21 points in the final 5.01 of the game on Saturday against a real veteran, solid Richmond team. I think it just showed a lot about our character and how committed these guys are to making sure that it's going to be a special season. And it was a huge game. I knew all summer the Richmond game was the one we had to have because our next two games at Penn State and at JMU on paper are clearly our hardest two games of the year um, during this 2021 regular season schedule. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the veteran presence on this team. James Franklin made it a point to note during his pre uh, you know, midweek press conference today that he's known Mark Ferrante forever. Uh, you know, Pennsylvania football is a close-knit community, so I'm sure that they've known each other for quite a while. And that uh, He made a point to mention that Villanova's 20 returning starters. This season they were picked to finish third in the CAA with Richmond finished fourth. Uh, currently they sit in uh, 11th, well, 3-0 on the year, number 11 team in FCS. So a better-than-usual level of a test that Penn State is getting than what a lot of teams will book from the FCS. Number 125 in Sagarin ratings, a little bit below Ball State, who is at 108. Number six in uh, SP Plus at the FCS level. Uh, you mentioned the Richmond game, uh, and in the lead-up to that, they uh, really beat up on Lehigh and Bucknell to start the season. Can I just get the 10,000-foot uh, Cliff Notes view of what this Villanova team has been through three weeks? It's been dominant against two teams that really are picked way down in the Patriot League and are very young. So I felt like it was hard to gauge how good Villanova was because as impressive as the scores were, Lehigh and Bucknell are just down this year. But that's also the sign of a good team. Like, Villanova didn't hang around. They just absolutely mm -hmm. took those games and, and won by, you know, a margin of 102 to 6. So I think that said a lot about that, you know, the team is, is the mature of a veteran team. They have that maturity that you want, and they're very much a take-care-of-business one game at a time, um, and that was their approach in the first two games. Um, but, you know, the, the really thing that stands out about this team, I think, is the chance of the growth defensively. Um, that to me, our offense is, you know, Dan Smith is a guy that I think when the Penn State fans get a chance to see him, they're, they're going to see a guy that can beat you with their, his arm and his legs week in and week out is sort of the, the background on him. He's as a six-year guy, and he's pretty much seen so much. Now, granted, he hasn't seen Happy Valley and 100,000-plus fans, so we understand this is a whole different stratosphere in terms of uh, – competition playing up a Big Ten team. Uh, I'm very clear after doing this for 29 years, the challenge in front of Villanova here. But in terms of the skill level, I mean, Villanova has four capable running backs in Justin Covington, D. Will Barley, TDI Oduro, Jaye, and Jalen Jackson that can all hurt weekend, uh, opponents week in and week out. Um, the wide receiver core that really needed to go to that next level this year, they've shown that and this is a very uh, sturdy 
dependable veteran offensive line and a couple tight ends that can really, uh, you know, help Villanova's cause in, in names of Todd Summers and Charlie Gilroy. So I'm very bullish on our offense. I feel like we have an offense that will be one of the tops in FCS. Now, what does that mean against a team like Penn State that, you know, gives up 10 points to Wisconsin and, and, and plays a, a very solid game against a ranked Auburn team and takes apart Ball State? That, that's the hard thing. And you and I talked about this before the interview today is gauging the strength of a really good FCS team and how that relates when they play not only an FBS team, but an elite FBS team, especially an elite defensive team. And, you know, you look this year, I mean, Montana, uh, a top 10 team, they go out and play a ranked Washington team out of the Pac-12, and nobody in the world thought they could do anything in that game, and they won outright um, in week one against a, a top 20 team. So people have asked me, what do I expect this week? I, I have no idea. I have no idea because I've seen so many of these games where Villanova's hung around and then, you know, they go out and we played West Virginia. And, uh, you know, you look at that game that Villanova played in Morgantown and, you know, it was close a little early and then West Virginia wins at 48-21 to 21 back in 2008. Villanova played Maryland in 2007. The score was 31-14. The one that really stands out to me is when Villanova went to the Carrier Dome and played an ACC team in Syracuse. Nobody really except Villanova people thought that we could hang in that game. We lost in double overtime at the Carrier Dome to an ACC team in 2014 by one in double OT because we went for two to win it. Now, I'm very aware that the Carrier Dome is not Happy Valley, but that's still an ACC team that we went toe-to-toe with. So, I, you know, this game is what it is. It's, it's a game where you're going to have everybody have a real different variety. Some people will think Penn State will absolutely destroy Villanova, and other people wouldn't be surprised if this game was, you know, somewhat close in the third quarter if maybe Penn State is off in the first half. I I don't know. I'm just fascinated by this game because people in Penn State are just going to think, well, you know, Villanova, you know, they're FCS, so how good can they be? But I think when they see us play, my gut feeling is Penn State will be very surprised and will be better than they think we are, both fan perspective and the players once this game gets started. I agree. And you know who else agrees? That would be James Franklin. Today during his uh, press conference, he made it a point to list off all of the games this season where an FCS team was able to beat an FBS team. And his direct quote was, we've got to be prepared. We've got a lot of respect for their program and their university as a whole. Uh, I want to talk about Offense first, that one will be a little bit quicker because you did just give us a really good look at them. Uh, and then we'll talk about the defense in a second. This offense seems to be an elite offense, number three in offensive SP plus coming in. You mentioned Smith uh, and his veteran presence and what he could do out there. The guy I, guys I wanted to ask you about were the skill position players because as I'm looking through it, it seems like Villanova 
they have the quarterback, and it's always good to have the quarterback, but they have the guys around the quarterback who are able to make his life especially easy out there. Yeah, Justin Covington is, I think, of all of our running backs, he's our premier guy. He was leading the country in rushing when he tore his ACL six games in our 2019 season. We started 6-0, and we lost him, then we lost three in a row. And he is such an emotional leader on the team. Um, you know, he's big, he's physical, he can run inside and outside. Um, he's number one is his, is his jersey number, and he's one to watch, no pun intended, on Saturday. Um, but then, like I said, we have really good depth there. Wide receivers, a couple guys to keep your eye on. Jaron Hayek, he's a junior wide receiver, and also another uh, – uh, junior is Rajon Pringle from uh, the state of Virginia. Those are a couple names to watch um, that can make an impact um, for us. And then, uh, like I said, a couple of our tight ends, I mentioned their names already. Um, and, and offensive line, I mean, that's if you take uh, an offensive line that's not a veteran group and try to play in one of these games against the FBS, it's when it can really go bad. And this is another thing I'm excited about. This is a really good offensive line at the FCS level, and it's deep. So if somebody goes down or anything happens, a lot of times you only see FCS have six or seven really good linemen that they can go to. It doesn't have the depth of an FBS. We actually have 10 or 11 linemen this year, the more than I can ever remember that really can, can go in and be effective. So I, I think that you look at our whole offense and it, it, it's, it's definitely an elite offense at the FCS level, but what does that mean against uh, an incredible Penn State FBS that's ranked, you know, top 10 in the country um, in the rankings this week in both polls? I don't know. I mean, will Villanova be able to move the ball consistently at all against Penn State, it's it's a tough one. I mean, I watched the Ball State game last night, and you see Ball State move the ball from time to time, but then they, they get the pick six, and just they make costly mistakes in those games. And it just reminds me in those kind of games that if you, if you don't keep your poise, you can just blink and the FBS has scored 21 unanswered in three minutes. It's crazy when this has happened. I've watched enough of these games and called enough of these games to know that the only way Villanova, uh, the best chance for Villanova to hang around in this game is they have to have literally one or no turnovers the whole game. Mm -hmm. And they can't have uh, penalties more than maybe three or four. I mean, they have to play, you know, basically a perfect game. But what I like is – that we're that veteran poised kind of team that was able to respond against Richmond um, in a way, not Penn State. I, I keep reiterating that, but I, I just for somebody that's listening to this, I, I want them to know that this is this is just this is it's a hard game to try to break down because I love breaking down matchups of how linebackers will go against Villanova's four really good tailbacks, but. It, it's 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 just a, it's a tough one. You literally will know after 15 minutes at Penn State on Saturday whether we're going to be able to, you know, battle in this game. And and I like the word competitive because everybody has a different opinion. Can Villanova be competitive in this game? Well, what does that mean? 
everybody has a different version of what competitive means. For some, is it can Villanova be within 14 points in the third quarter? That's somebody's analogy. Somebody might be like, um, you know, another analogy. But I think it's it's after 15 minutes, the physicality of the game. We're going to know at the start of the second quarter, in my opinion, um, and everybody in that stadium is going to know if Villanova is there to play a game against uh, a team where a lot of people think that maybe it's a mismatch completely. We'll find out. Well, the good thing for Villanova's, Villanova is on the other side of the ball, their defense has had some really, really high points this year. Like you mentioned, three points against Lehigh, uh, three points allowed to Lehigh, three points allowed to Bucknell. Uh, I ended up chuckling because they allowed 89 total yards to Bucknell, 139 to Lehigh with negative 12 rushing yards. And then the game against Richmond, you know, it's a step up in the opponent, but they were able to force three turnovers, uh, outgain them by about 160 yards. I see that they have a trio of preseason all-conference selections in Malik Fisher, Forrest Ryan, and Christian Benford. What can we expect out of this Villanova defense? Well, they play a 3-3-5 defense to the okay. cap. So you'll see the three down linemen and Fisher coming off the edge. He's the guy to watch. Um, All-American, a man in the middle that just makes plays, makes plays after plays, tackling machine, um, very impressive. Forrest Ryan, um, you know, have a, have a chance to get into an NFL camp, I think. Um, and then on the back end, our best NFL prospect, uh, most likely our best NFL prospect, is Christian Benford. And I'm watching film last night of the game against Ball State, and I'm, and I'm watching uh, one of the moves that uh, Jahan Dotson put on uh, one of the Ball State defenders in like eight or ten yard line, and he went in the end zone, and there was the the explosion of him and the quickness of him, I was like, oh, boy, I ran it back. I ran it back. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is the stuff that scares you from this kind of game. And the irony is the one player that we have that is actually maybe our best overall player and best NFL prospect is Christian Benford, our lockdown corner. and. I don't, I don't, I'm not in the coach's room. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do um, uh, with this matchup, but I can tell you that Benford is someone that we have to put on um, your two best wide receivers because if, if we come into this game and, and Parker Washington and, and Jahan Dotson just have their way, then we know the way this game is going to be able to go. And, Villanova will just not be able to stop those two guys. Um, and that's why not only am I impressed with Christian Benford in a huge way, but we have another really good corner in Denzel Williams. So this is another thing that I really like about our defense is we actually have two corners that I think can match up against most players. Now, can that be against the two I just mentioned for Penn State? Again, something only time will tell. So something that you mentioned, uh, you mentioned expectations for this game, and you mentioned words that people use to describe it, and you talked about being competitive. 
And this is something you and I talked about uh, before we started recording, and it is that in these games, if the FCS team goes in thinking, all right, we're going to go in there, we're going to win, we're going to this, we're going to that, they're probably going to get run off the field. But if they go in thinking, we're going to be competitive, we're going to linger, we're going to hang around, and we're going to make them have a little bit of doubt in their minds, that's when we see these FCS teams get that little bit of extra juice. The FCS team, you know, their shoulders slump a little bit. They start getting a little more tense on the sidelines, those sorts of things. So when you look at this game, what do you, what are your expectations for Villanova? Because it doesn't sound to me, and I hope it doesn't sound to our listeners, like you're expecting Villanova to go out there and go, all right, Let's get 60 minutes worth of exercise because, you know, that's good for our cardiovascular health. No, not at all. Well, first of all, the thing I love about this is my opinion doesn't matter at all. I'm just <laughs> I'm – look, I'm looking at this game, and I don't even like making predictions, and I won't make a prediction about this game. But what I will tell you is that I would hope and expect, no matter who Villanova plays, that they expect to win every game they play. So – if I was a player at Villanova and I was playing Penn State, I would hope just uh, – this, this, this goes way beyond FBS, FCS. This is just pure competitor. If you go into a game and you, you don't play to win and you don't think you can win, I actually think it might be the reverse of the way you described mm. it. In my opinion, everybody – because everybody has their take on this, right? Because sometimes if somebody goes in overconfident and then – an opponent overwhelms them, then your theory can play out. But I sort of always have had the feeling that no matter who you play, you should always go into the game feeling like you're just not there to show up and play well. You're there to win the game. So when I gave the analogy I did, I think that's more of like interesting perspective. What is the expectations of this game? But for the competitors and the coaches that are participating in any sporting event. I personally would hope all of them, and of course, most people are smart. They're, they don't say it. They, yeah. just, <laughs> they just prepare to go and try to win that sporting event regardless of the sport. For sure. And it, like you mentioned, this Villanova team has so much talent. It, they want to compete, it sounds to me from everything you said, they want to compete for a national championship at the, at the FCS level. A really good way to show that you are a national championship caliber team at the FBS level, not even the FCS level, at any level of college football, is to go into Happy Valley and beat a team like Penn State. Or even if they go out there and they give Penn State everything for 40 minutes and Penn State wins a close one, even if it's not a particularly close game and Penn State just – and they just have things to work with. Like, there's so much that you can take away from a game like this, uh, no matter what the score ends up being. And I want to ask you to close here to just look beyond this game and look at Villanova's season past this week. Like you, they have the bye after this, and but like you mentioned, they have the test in SCS after this when they're heading to James Madison. What are just your thoughts on this team's outlook beyond this Saturday and as we look at the final two months of the, FC, of the FCS season before the playoffs? 
Well, I, I think the JMU game is basically just it's you can't even begin to say how enormous it is. It's it, to me, it's when I saw our schedule, the first thing I was like, oh my goodness, I get to call a game in Happy Valley. Oh, I saw that several years. <laughs> but now that it's here, it's like that excitement. It's like an op- I mean. Like I said, I've been lucky enough to call three Final Fours and two national championships games in college hoops, but I've never called a game in front of, you know, a crowd larger than 40,000, 50,000 people. Maybe the one in Morgantown jumps out of my head is maybe the largest crowd I've called a game. So this is, this is an experience of a lifetime for radio guys, for Villanova fans, for our players to be able to go play at Happy Valley. But if you want to talk about Villanova and their big goals for this year as a team, that game at JMU on October 9th, that's the one. Villanova's got to break through one of these years, and they've got to beat JMU. And uh, JMU has an incredible program. And uh, Villanova has the team this year, I think, to be able to play toe-to-toe with JMU. We did in 2019 um, down there. Um, in a game um, that Villanova had 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 the lead in, uh, I think the first play of the fourth quarter. Um, so, um, you know, I'm I'm just I'm excited. The game at Delaware to end the year also is going to be an enormous game for Villanova. Delaware, you know, a top ten team right now, one of the polls, and uh, a team that went to the Final Four last year. So, to me, at Penn State is everything we talked about it. It's just. It's like its own stratosphere and all the storylines around it, and it's a non-conference game. But the JMU and the App Delaware will determine whether Villanova is going to be a championship-caliber team at the FCS level. And then I think what the final score of this game is on Saturday is going to is going to be a, a huge moment for Villanova to show the the, the selection committee, FBS world, FCS world. What kind of team Villanova has? And it, it's just, it's unbelievable. I, 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 this is going to be incredible. There is something, I, I'm one of those people who want the FBS to adopt a gigantic playoff. So there's something about you saying the word selection committee. It's just like, oh, man, I wish we had that. But, I, like, I'm, I'm fired up for this game. Like you mentioned, this is going to be, even if, you know, even if Penn State goes out there and blows Villanova out, even if Villanova goes out there and upsets Penn State, whatever it's going to be, just the sheer fact that this game is happening to me is such a cool thing. Like, I love the fact that Penn State, if they are playing an FCS team, they're going to be playing a really good FCS team and an FCS team within the state of Pennsylvania, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Apologies if anyone's going to get mad at me at that. But, Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time. I greatly appreciate it, and I hope all of our listeners uh, had fun listening to this one. And, and the great thing is not only do we get to go to Happy Valley, we get to come back to Happy Valley in four years. I'll tell you on Saturday how excited I am about 2025, <laughs> about 3 o'clock on Saturday. But right now the fact that we have two games scheduled there and this weekend and then again in four years, uh, just with the two great schools at Penn State and Villanova, both being in the state of PA, this is uh, this is just a really uh, exciting moment and uh, and a lot for the state to be proud of to be candid.